This is Sean Castro, the CEO of FreeApps.com, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I'm your host, it's uh, Paul Kem. And you know, with this podcast, I get to talk to the most interesting people from around the world. And I've got someone who is going to be a fascinating episode. I really do mean this. Uh, she is uh, really inspiring to me. Uh, in fact, uh, she gets involved in coaching and speaking and writing, and she's really helped people. I mean, on her homepage, if you go to honorecorder.com, you'll see that people are saying some amazing things about her. Uh, I've gone from 8K to 50K, says one of the uh, uh, testimonials there. So uh, that's just amazing. So uh, I can't wait. She's going to help us out, help us with uh, understanding a lot of things that we could be doing better. So let me just introduce Honoré Corder, and she is uh, joining us today on the App Guy podcast. Welcome to you, Honoré. I'm so delighted to be here, Paul. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I just have to ask this. Uh, You've you got all these people saying some amazing things. Uh, for example, uh, I've gone from 8K to 50K in nine months, says uh, someone that has worked in your practice. Perhaps you can give us a, you know, a flavor of what it is you do and how, how you've helped people in that way. Sure. So I help um, entrepreneurs and professionals. Um, some of them are employed and some of them are self-employed. So that's why I make that distinction. I help them to define what it is that they want. And then I help them to create the plan to achieve that. And then I hold them accountable while helping them to strategize and remove blocks that they have around um, time maximization and having conversations with people that are tough, and then also believing that they deserve these big goals. So if you go from 8,000 to 50,000, there's a big jump in your psychology. So I really support those um, psychological jumps, those leaps that you have to make internally so that you can make them externally. Uh, Honoré, I mean, it sounds like you, I mean, if people go and search for you, um, uh, there's a lot of interviews that you've done. Uh, this, I, I'm almost tempted to say like, the, the recent email that I got uh, from somebody, she's an entrepreneur. She is setting up an, an app that is uh, helping mums. And uh, one of her targets is to reach uh, 1 million downloads of her app. And so if I came to you and said, you know, I've got this app uh, that my goal is to get a million downloads, how would we progress through that uh, discussion that, to, to help me out? Well, we'd have to have a really great app. Let's start with an awesome app that everyone has to have because the way you hear about something amazing really is word of mouth. You might see it on the telly, right? Do we call it, it the telly? <laughs> I was going to say, I was gonna, in our pre-chat, you were supposed to say everything was brilliant. And you already, uh... Brilliant. We have a brilliant app the way that we saw on the telly. No. Um, yeah, we do say telly, is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, I'm I'm trying to. I haven't been there yet, but I'm I'm practicing my my uh, my British language. Uh, <laughs> I'm taking <laughs> you're, classes. You're, you're okay. I'm I'm, I'm I'm British, but ironically, <laughs> more of my listeners are, are the U in the US. So. Uh, All I right. Well, educate everybody while we're doing this. All right. So the app has to be brilliant and fantastic, and then we have to put together a plan. And what we would do is basically hack what other people have done to launch a successful app. Because there's nothing that's really rocket science in my work. I work with people that are lawyers and bankers and investment bankers and public accountants and 
entrepreneurs in all different disciplines. And honestly, I've never been any of those things other than the entrepreneur. So for me, what I help them to do is uncover what the best and the brightest in their field do. And then we duplicate that. Well, it just seems so sensible, but uh, I guess it's something we, we don't actually do ourselves. And uh, or, uh, wh- why is it that we just don't do the most uh, common and sensible stuff that when you, when you hear that, I mean, I heard that years and years ago, but I actually look at myself and think, you know, I've not emulated anyone who's massively successful in the last sort of two, three months or so. And I should really think about doing that. So why, why don't we do this stuff? Well, I think there are several things that factor in. One of those is knowing what to do, and it seems overwhelming. If you look at someone who's been successful, someone who's had an app that's been downloaded a million times, you think there's something special about them, right? And so it's like, well, they could do that, but I can't do that. So we stop ourselves for a couple of reasons. One, we don't believe we deserve the outcome, and two, we don't know how they did it in the first place. So then we just sit here and don't make any progress. Yes. When in fact, right? I mean, it, it's 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 as simple as that. I don't know what to do, and the guy who did it is much more special than I am. So why would I? Who am I to think that I could do that anyway? So I'm just going to not do anything. That's the safer way. Yeah, and I almost feel like uh, it, it does take someone like yourself to really bring it out. And uh, have you ever worked with anyone in technology? You said you worked with lawyers, bankers. Uh, is there any, any startup founders that you can think of? And uh, you know, like, because I'm, guess, I'm guessing it's a bit of a, you know, a hot space at the moment with uh, a lot of very wealthy uh, startup founders uh, making money from uh, e- exiting on their, um, you know, startups and their app ideas. Yes, only the one I'm married to. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you liked him so, so much. Yes, you liked him so much. You married him. <laughs> well, we we met on a blind date. We didn't meet in the technology space, but I can I consider myself dangerous but with backup. Uh, so I can go so uh, far. And then I go to the guy next to me and go, okay, it's not working. Why is it not working? How do we make this work? So I'm smart enough to surround myself with people smarter than me that can handle the technology piece. But I, I live in Austin, Texas, and this is the home of technology. So I run across people every single day who have an idea for something, and they are in various stages of putting together their business plan, raising capital, um, their business or idea or app is in progress or they are on the flip side, right, where they've exited and now they're starting something new, they're serial entrepreneur. So I see it all the time because it's where I'm geographically located. Yeah, and is it important to be geographically located close to your clients? Do you work with people abroad? Uh, do, you work, do you work virtually with uh, some of your clients? I have clients all over the world and I do everything by phone or by Skype if they're overseas. So um, Finland, Lithuania, England, France, Australia, and then a lot in the U.S. A lot in the U.S. Well, Honore, I think that, well, first of all, I've got this burning question, which is like you've said you met your uh, husband on a blind date. Was it through an app by any chance? Uh, no, it was through a person. Oh, right. okay. <laughs> totally old school. That Sorry. Does... I think there was paper involved. Oh, I don't right. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, actually my mum and dad met through um, uh, one of exactly the same thing. So it, it can't, it's, it's a good idea. And uh, yes. um, the, so and, uh, just I'm almost thinking that the best way of helping people is that uh, we 
as app developers, we have unique skills, we have talents, we could almost set up coaching, speaking, writing services ourselves to tap into, you know, there's a huge amount of people out there who, even listening to this show, just don't know where to get started with apps. And you've got clients from all around the world, you've got these people saying amazing things. How did you get started? What's the best advice you have for anyone who wants to emulate your success? Um, Just start. There's always something that you can do. If you don't have money, you have time. If you don't have time, you might have money. If you don't have time or money, then give up something. Or the, the very first way to get the ball rolling and to, to show um, the powers that be, the universe, whatever you want to call it, that you're serious is to actually just take some action, just start. Have, a, have an initial conversation. Talk to someone who is either further down the road that you are traveling or someone who's exited the road. So they've gone all the way through a successful launch or situation. Just start. I mean, you, you have to start. You have to, to take that first step. If you need to read something, if you need to study something, if you need to listen to more podcasts of people, if you need to um, put up a website, there's always something you can do. And there's so much available at our fingertips now. When I first started, I was talking about when I to someone the other day when I wrote my first book, they said, oh, well, did you just put it up on Facebook and Twitter? And I was like, um... No, I think the earth was still cooling. We didn't have any of those things <laughs> <laughs> when I started. Um, there was no, it was all fax machines and phone calls and in-person meetings. So you just do what you can do. And as you're doing what you can do, your energy is met with a possibility. An idea will cross your path at just the right time. And then you take the next step and then the next step and then the next step. Yeah, because one of the biggest challenges I can see that uh, my audience, uh, li- you know, listening to this right now uh, have is that there is a limitless amount of stuff that we could be doing. Uh, when you're an app developer, when you put apps out there, when you uh, launch apps, uh, there, there really is you could you could 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, find something to do, fill up your time because there's always something. It's almost knowing where to spend your time, where to focus on. Have you, do you have any tips on how to focus? Uh, because all, the, the one thing I try and promote is uh, not to focus too heavily on the money if that is not, you know, your ultimate goal. Uh, but uh, I'd love to hear what you, your thoughts are on that. Well, focus on the action items that actually will move the needle is very important. So if you need to, I don't know what an app developer would need to know specifically, but I can guess they would need to know code (laughs) or they would want to hire someone who would know the code. And then you need to have the testers of the app. There are certain things that make logical sense, steps that would need to happen in order. And then there are the things that are the time wasters or the the procrastination items that we do, like going onto Facebook or spending time on things that are not important. So just because you can do something else doesn't mean you necessarily should do something. So there's a fine line between what are the things that are moving the needle to get you closer to having the product that you want to launch. So so I'm going to give you a typical discussion for someone that comes through to me and uh, 
Uh, and this is uh, perhaps you can help us guide this type of person. So I, I get this a lot. You know, Paul, I uh, see that uh, the WhatsApp is just uh, sold out for 19 billion or whatever it is. Uh, I've got this great idea for an app. It's a messaging app, but it's very unique. Uh, I've got uh, I want to raise some money. I've got a credit card. I can put, uh, you know, 20, 30,000 on a credit card, get this thing built. Uh, I don't do the coding. I can outsource that. Uh, where should I start? I want to, I want to get going. And so many people have just gone and jumped in because they feel that, you know, the news that they are receiving is all very positive about, you know, these app developers making uh, billions and uh, they feel that they can do the same thing. Just it takes money. Uh, and then they end up in debt and you have credit card debt and stuff like that. Uh, what guidance can you give to someone like that's going through that particular uh, pain point? Well, they need a plan first before they spend a dime. Don't you agree? Isn't that what you tell them? I think that there's a, like, hold on. Just because you can use your credit doesn't mean that you should. Because once that's gone, you you really want to be thoughtful about spending your money, for sure. Although you can always get more money, but be thoughtful about where you're spending your money. The very first thing that I would do if I had a plan is I would want proof of concept. I would want to know that someone else was doing something similar or something someone was doing nothing like that, but it made logical sense. Kind of like when I used to go, when I was in high school, I would go in um, the U.S. We have something called Village Inn. And all the kids would go and we would have coffee and conversation. Now, you would think someone out of that would have thought, Hmm, maybe we should just have a place where we go and have coffee and conversation. Will you go to that place every day? It's called Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? But I didn't make that leap. I didn't say, I don't need a place where I can eat breakfast 24-7. I need a place where I can go and get coffee or other beverages, right? And have a quick conversation with someone and then be on my way. So you, you have to first recognize that you actually have a really good idea, then you need a, a solid plan and then you've got to work that plan until. Now, I will tell you when I wrote the Successful Single Mom book, now it is six in the series. It's six years, almost six years old, the book. When I wrote that book, I thought this is the book that Oprah's going to love this book. I'm going to sell bajillions of copies. I'm going to help lots and lots of single moms. This is a great um, give back to the world that I, I've had this experience and now I can and write this book and give this back. And I didn't even get a cricket. Like, you know, you do something and then you get crickets. Like, that's yeah, that's happening. right. Yeah. Like, I like the, the nobody showed up, not even a cricket for three years. It took about three years. So, the reason I share that is because now the book series does very well and is very popular, but it did not happen for the first few years that the book was in existence. Like I didn't have the right plan. I had the right idea. I didn't have the right plan. I can look back now and say, wow, I didn't do this, 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 and this. Those would have all been a good idea. And those were all things that other people had already done before me. So it wasn't like I had to lead the pack. I could have reverse engineered someone else's success. So having a, a great idea is the first step. Having a great and solid plan that's really thoughtfully um, crafted is the second thing. And then the third thing is a ton of patience. Because I bet if you interview the WhatsApp people, all you're hearing about is the lump sum of money that they've gotten from the app. If you sat down and went over their timeline, I would bet that there was the day they had the idea 
and then all the time that went into creating the app and getting people excited about the app and then the exit, I bet it was a lot longer than the founders, founder or founders would have anticipated. Yeah, that's most of the stories that we get uh, coming out of the press. They, you know, they just jump on that one particular, you know, point in time, the day that uh, they were, you know, bought out. And uh, there's so many stories like that. But of course, like, every story has something behind it. And, uh, you know, typically it's, uh, as you say, a long road uh, to, to where they got uh, with a lot of passion, a lot of hard work and uh, days where they almost quit. Uh, and we actually had a very successful startup founder on this show. He used to work for his boss was the guy who founded Twitter. And, uh, and his story is really unique as well. It's, it almost plays to what you're saying. He, he had this app idea. Uh, he liked it. He was using it every day. But uh, nobody around him uh, could get it. They just did not see it. Uh, he, he wasn't getting any traction. He, he didn't hear any crickets, as you say. And uh, it wasn't until the, um, you know, his old boss, the founder of uh, one of Evan Williams, uh, uh, one of the founders of Twitter, he, he said, I love that idea. Let's, let's work on it. And, and it, ultimately it came out as the game, uh, the app called Lyft, Lyft app. And uh, yeah, it became really successful. But that took uh, years. I mean, it, it only took three days to for him to build it, but it took years for it to actually you know, get any traction. So well, I guess it's really hard to know, isn't it? Whether you uh, you have just the stubbornness to go forward and, and, and carry on or or whether, you, you know, how do you know when your idea is a good one? Well, you know, you know, I think in, in deep in our souls, we know, I knew, I knew that was a good book. I knew that was a good program. People were telling me that it was a good idea and yet nothing for a long time and I had to be okay so like eight people think it's a great idea where are the other 80,000 800,000 I'm not picky right somebody yeah. else show up for the program and then eventually it started to take over now one of the mistakes that I made was I basically stopped for a period of time and got busy doing my coaching and training I went back to my core business because I didn't see instant gratification. So that was a fatal flaw. And I think if I um, had kept at it a little more diligently or a lot more diligently, I would have seen success sooner. What was interesting was it was a good idea that took off in spite of me because I stopped blogging and I stopped writing the rest of the books in the series for a couple of years. And yet every month I would get a new order from Amazon and I would see my metrics starting to go up. And I was like, hmm, that's an interesting thing. And then I noticed that digital was becoming very popular, that people were getting more and more Kindles. And then with the release of the iPad, that more people were relying on digital access than having a paper book. So then I was encouraged and wrote the rest of the books in the series. And now I'm enjoying many things as a result of that. But my fatal error was you know, not in having a solid plan that I worked entirely to the best of my ability. And two, then I gave up for a period of time. I was like, eh, <laughs> obviously this wasn't the great idea that I thought that it was. And so I think when you know deep in your heart that you have and in your soul that you have an idea, you owe it to yourself not to quit and to keep going you know, every single day. Just do a little something every single day. If I had done that, I would have gotten where I am faster Perhaps. Yes. Yeah. Just little steps every day. I think, you know, the Appster tribe listening to this right now can take away that uh, all it takes is little steps to 
to eventually reach your goal. And uh, I, I love the fact that you gave up and it, it, you kept an eye on your stats and uh, it, it eventually came good for you. And uh, of course, like, we can do that as well. We could just throw an app into the app store and forget about it. And uh, it may, like the guy who developed Flappy Bird, uh, you know, he he uh, had it in the store for a year, didn't do anything. And then it became the world global sensation that it was within a, you know, a few, and I guess that's just a harsh reality of uh, luck combined with, um, you know, keep doing it. Yes. And sometimes the very first thing that you do isn't that brilliant bestseller, right? It's the one after or the one after you get better. So I would guess the same with book writing. I've written several more books and I feel like I, my writing gets better with each project. I would imagine that developing apps would be the same, that the more you do it, the better you get at it and the the more ideas you have. So not to stop, not to put something up, get about it, but then to say, okay, what's the next, what's the next idea? Cause it's not going away, right? Every man, woman, and child now has a s- smartphone that they are, they have on their person practically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, my two-year-olds were having a, a smartphones, iPads, uh, well, iPads are really, uh, and uh, it's, it's amazing, you know, that, the generational kind of uh, take up of that device, uh, but was there was there a particular moment that you can remember in your journey? You know, you said that you gave up, and then you were just watching the stats. Was there a particular day or a moment that really spiked and made you realize this is it? Well, it was yes, actually, it was my husband's fortieth birthday. I was riding; we were going somewhere as a family, and I was riding in the back seat of my mother in law's SUV, and I started scrolling through Twitter. And I noticed that there were uh, many, many references to digital books, that there was a reference to Kindle and to Barnes and Noble and to Smashwords. And I had my books in Kindle format for several years, surely. And this is when I first started, when I put my very first book up, you had the option in 2005 to make a Kindle version. There was a Kindle in 2005. Not many people were using it, but I had a couple of my clients who were using their Kindle and they said, I downloaded your book. Well, Amazon's rule back then was you only made 30% and you can only get a check from us when you've made a hundred dollars. Well, my book was five ninety nine, So my 30% was like a dollar 50 and or four ninety nine. So my, it was about a dollar 49. So I thought, well, surely in, you know, this was 2011, surely, in the last <laughs> yes, six years, yes, surely yeah. I've made $100. Where is my money? Where is this Where is this check going? And so I finally get a hold of the people at, at Kindle and they say, well, hey, you know, genius, we've been sending you a check every month for the last <laughs> several <laughs> years, but I had changed addresses and I had been renting a post office or a a box in a location where they don't forward your mail. So those office suites that they have here in the U.S., if you leave, you have to go and pick up your mail. They won't forward your mail to you. It's not like you can put in a mail forward. For some reason, there's some technical reason. So after about six months, I stopped going. Well, sometime after that six months is when they started sending me my first check. So by the time I get in touch with them and they say, well, if you go into the back end, you can update your contact information and put in your bank information. We can deposit the money in your account. 
And when they put the money in my account, I went, oh. <laughs> what a day. <laughs> oh, what a great right. story. Yes. And so by then I have a smartphone and I have alerts on my phone. And so anytime I had a deposit made into my account, it would show up. And so I'm sitting in a Barnes and Noble and I'm reading a book and my phone buzzes and up pops this alert saying that, that there's a deposit made in, you know, for several thousand dollars. And by the way, <laughs> it's from Kindle. And I went, oh, so that was really the day. What a wonderful story. And, uh, you and know. I recognize that, oh, well, maybe there is something to this. And, and why don't I have all of my books up on Kindle <laughs> if they're selling? And P.S. And by the way, they had changed the uh, uh, percentages from 30% or 35% to 70%. So I could have made twice as much money. So um, I can look back and laugh because what else am I going to do? <laughs> But the ultimate passive that, money, isn't it? I mean, that's what we all strive that is for. It's the ultimate yeah. passive money. Yes. And then it made me realize that I wasn't just selling paperbacks, I was actually selling ebooks, and that ebooks was the next big thing. And so, I, over the next several months, not only did I make sure that all of the Kindle versions were available, because you have to create a PDF to print a book anyway. So I already had everything I needed. I just needed to upload them. But then I went ahead and wrote the rest of the books in the series and then since have written several other books that have nothing to do with single moms or, or single parenting as well. Um, because that is the that is the do it now, get paid for it forever. Well, um, I mean, ultimately, that's what we're all striving for with apps correct. because, you know, we just put an app up. I put some apps up uh, several years ago and uh, haven't done anything with them since and they are ultimately you know like this uh, ongoing uh, revenue stream which is uh, perfect kindles the same uh, so in the last uh, six minutes on our aim, we've got uh, two things to get through on the app guy podcast one is that uh, i'm just going to ask you straight out whether you have an idea for an app a smartphone app if there's something that's burning that you can think of if you have great if not then we've got another way of fleshing out an idea from you do, do you have an app idea um, I would like to have all of my single mom books available as an app. Someone has suggested that to me, but from idea to execution, I have no, well, <laughs> I have you, no idea. You are talking to the right audience. We are a bunch of I indie guess. app developers. Yeah. And, and actually, this is very uh, timely because uh, we've had a number of uh, New York Times bestselling authors and others uh, on this show where there's a crying need to put the content within an app because when you follow a person like you've got your own uh, domain name uh, you, you you become the brand almost and uh, yes. th th so you you don't really need to go to a website you want an app on sitting on your home screen you want to be able to go in and get the content whenever you uh, you like so for example like my previous secret millionaire guest he uh, he, he had uh, several thousand hours worth of videos that he wanted to put on an app and I'm guessing you've got a lot of content that you could put within a device that someone just goes to Honoré and uh, there's the app and uh, there's all your content. And uh, they Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> and also gets alerts from you, you know, and uh, and can kind of com communicate through that app and uh, just reach all the different things about you. I think that would be an awesome app. Uh, yeah, so um, anyone listening who wants to build that for Honoré, then uh, go, go ahead. I'm sure she'll... Uh, uh, she'll be gladly, uh, um, you'll be gladly happy about that. I would, absolutely. Yes. Uh, Let's have a conversation about that. 
there you go though this is uh this is uh, the app guy podcast we love to generate ideas and uh and also business so uh maybe they just get your next six years of uh passive income from one of your books as a commission sure. i'm in <laughs> <laughs> oh the next thing is that you um we're all big smartphone users uh, you said you've got a smartphone i'm guessing it's within reach uh, do you happen to have uh, an app or two you could uh, tell us about that you think we may not have come across before? It can be mum related. It can be anything. Oh, gosh. Um, I use my smartphone so many times. I use it to check my analytics on my books. I use MyFitnessPal to log my food. I'm sure you've heard of that one. I'm trying to see if there's anything... Um, yeah, my fitness pal, that's not been or, mentioned that often. And uh, I think it might be because uh, it's only available in the US. I think I might have tried to download that before. That's where you actually take uh, you what you take pictures of the, what you're eating and it will then uh, break it down, your, how, how healthy you're being. No, well, no, it doesn't do that. It just, you log in what you've eaten so you can keep track of your micronutrients, your carbs, your fats, and your proteins. And so I have a trainer who's pretty, you know, he, I call him the devil's nephew. Because <laughs> 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 he wants, he wants information. Um, I do my banking on here. I love the app Cozy, C-O-Z-I. It's an app where I can add things like to go to the grocery store. There's a list to go to the grocery store, but then my family can log into it from all their smartphones. So we all have the same list. So rather than someone saying, oh, can you get some bread at the store, some milk or some cheese? And then you go and you come home and they say, did you get those things? And you say, well, no, I forgot. I didn't have a list. You actually have a list and it's right on your smartphone. Oh, I love so we that. all log into the same account, which is hugely helpful. And the app does a lot of other things that I don't use, which is have a central calendar or... Um, you can share other things. I don't, we don't really use it for that. There's a journal, there's a birthday reminder, that kind of thing. We don't really use it for that. I use it specifically because when I go to the grocery store, I want to make sure that I'm getting what everybody wants me to get. <laughs> Sounds and great. And I love that one. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, no, I, my wife loves uh, Keepy, Keep, the Keepy app. And uh, what you can do is you take, we, we take pictures of our, uh, we've got kids aged four, tw twin boys. And uh, you, you take little pictures. So I took uh, an image of a big building that my boy had built yesterday. And uh, then he records, you can record a little audio message of him t telling you about the picture. And uh, then you put that in as oh. a as a journal to uh, his uh, his life story. So then I guess he, he'll have that when he's uh, 18 as a birthday oh, gift. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So there's all these uh, family-related uh, apps that are really coming out. And just it's great. they're absolutely fantastic for keeping every everything uh, centralized as a family. Yes. I'm, I'm almost relegated the fridge, you know, to post. There's no post-it notes anymore. Uh, no. I missed that a little bit, but not too much. Not enough. Not I, I'm actually anti-paper. When people try to give me paper, I don't. I take a picture of it with my iPad. Yeah, that's put, right. And put it in Evernote. I don't want any paper. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. This this person yesterday thought I was really weird when I said I don't do paper. Sorry, you know, they tried to hand me some paper or something. I don't do that. <laughs> like an allergic well, reaction. That, and, yeah, if you want to email it to me, you can send it to my Evernote. But other, I, I really, if you can email me a receipt, that's like the best day ever. Yeah, and here, here's one other thing, you know, and I, I guess that anyone listening should try this as well. Go printer free if you can. Uh, I've got a local store that will print out anything that's like really urgent, but uh, I live printer free and uh, they've been the best mm. two years of my life because, mm. uh, oh, just those, you know, every, every sort of 
second week the cartridges would have run out and you you know just get jams and all sorts of things it was uh, not a good time living with a printer so uh uh, Honorate, this has been so inspirational. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, how best can we reach out and connect with you? Um, HonoreQuarter.com. So H-O-N-O-R-E-E-C-O-R-D-E-R.com. And then, of course, I have, I'm have i on all the apps that you've all heard of. Instagram, I'm Honore. Facebook, Honore. Twitter, Honore. <laughs> Pin- so. Pinterest? Pinterest, Honoré. Right, yes. okay. Uh, what about Tiny, <laughs> yes. T-I-N-N-Y? There's a new one by Kevin Rose. T-I-N-N-Y? Yeah, uh, T-I-N-N-Y, uh, Tiny. Oh, Tiny. Yeah, you're going to um, love that one. That's like, a, it's like an Instagram uh, stroke vine, but the, uh, the the images go away after 24 hours, I think, or 12 hours. So you, you don't leave any anything embarrassing on there. Right. I mean, I you know, I don't love being older, but I do love the fact that I none of this was around when I was in my 20s. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all my embarrassing photos are in the garage, you know, with the cobwebs. That's out. right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. None of that ever happened. I never did. Do you see it? Is it? Can you find it? No, it didn't happen then. Forget it. Yeah, I don't know how the young, uh, you know, survive in this day and age of transparency. Honore, what a pleasure. I could, it's just so wonderful going through your journey. I love the fact that, uh, you're the first guest to have this uh, secret pile of cash building up that you never knew about and uh, and also just uh, so helpful. So I recommend anyone uh, go go to your website. Uh, all the notes that we've spoken about, all the mentions of apps will be on your show notes. So, so just go to episode awesome. 192. It's theappguy.co. Thank you so much for joining us on the App Guy podcast. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. The pleasure has been mine as well. Thank you so much. It's been brilliant. Brilliant indeed.